And just like that, we were recording. Here we are. Every time you press that button, it makes me break out in a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got the forehead sweat where your glasses are? No, I get the under the nose sweat. Ooh. I'm not a very sweaty person, but I get an under-the-nose sweat and a bit of back sweat. You needed to know that. If I have caffeine, <laughs> particularly coffee caffeine by mistake, I get the whole face sweat, particularly the T-zone sweat. What's happening? Do you ever have coffee? No, I can't have caffeinated coffee. No, I was going to say, kill on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Tease my limit. Tease my limit. Anyway, Kel here, not on coffee, from Plover Wellbeing. Jane, Jane here, completely pumped up on coffee. (laughs) Every morning. Don't talk to me until I've had my double, double almond latte. Really? Yeah. I have a cup of tea on rising, and then at about 9.30, I have the coffee. And if I don't have the coffee by 11, don't even talk to me. Have you ever tried giving up? I did try once and it was probably not a good time. It was just after my sister had died and my caffeine uh, level just was extreme. And I <laughs> I actually thought I was going to die. Yeah, it's pretty I painful. Did. I thought I was going to die. I got, I was still with my personal trainer at that point. The smell that came out of my body was putrid. I was trying to train. I had to go home and spew and it was about four days of hell. And once that passed, I didn't actually feel any better. So I just had the coffee. <laughs> Speaking of people who are dying, we, we do have a guest here who's sitting very silently and patiently <laughs> with a ring in the corner waiting for us to get our shit together. So welcome. Anna. Anna from Anna Movement. <laughs> so spell your name, Anna, because I, I just want it to be very clear to everyone when the podcast comes out and they look at your name that they know how to say it because I'm sure all your life you've been called something different. I've had variations, that's for sure. The worst was when I used to do swimming as a, um, as a young'un and you'd stand up on the blocks and they'd have to announce your name and you had to put your hand <laughs> And every time it would be Una or Una oh. and you'd stand there, your little self, with you putting your hand up to acknowledge that it's your name but it's not your name. I'm just in the right place. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Anna and I've got a friend who's quite um, passionate about people getting it right and so he talks through, say, under, now say Anna. So and now great. we will remember it, you, and yeah. everyone will. U double N A. Yep. So that's that's that. Yeah. And yeah. what do you do, Anna? Uh, my training, my base training, is in exercise physiology. So how do we use exercise um, to adapt physiology in um, diseases, or help support um, disease treatments, or help to avoid diseases coming on and just dealing with healthy physiology how does exercise and different styles of exercise do that and then um added a few things on the way which i think are my um my better qualities so pilates back in the day that was a real um isolating moment in my brain to go okay biomechanics is way more than the cool machines that we learned to use at uni and then um, I added on the amazing um, neurokinetic therapy, which was a real game changer of, okay, the whole mechanical connection and the body's a massive jigsaw puzzle that you have to 
really stand back from a mechanical point of view and be able to digest and pull apart. So that was really cool, really. Um, What's that called again? Neurokinetic therapy. Right. So, yeah, patterns that are maybe common to everyone, but they, that can be very unique to someone's own physical patterns that have made up their movement over time and how do we see it and go that's that shouldn't be there at that time and then what's the mm. how do we correct that with um better movement patterns and exercise prescription as soon as someone says the word therapy i'm like sign me up <laughs> <laughs> what is it why haven't i had it yes. already what can yes. you give me i love yeah. therapy i need it i know a few people i could sign up for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and there's an amazing book that a lot of people we're probably seen but might not realise it's connected. It's called The Happiness Trap. Oh, yes. Yeah. And they've got some amazing other little side um, side um, books as well. The, the Happiness Trap is in a smaller consumable version. It's a picture form version, which I first looked at it and went, oh, come on, mate. And then you open it up and go, actually, when I'm in a lot of stress, I, I, I can't sit and read a book. I just need to be able to capture the idea and if you can do that in illustration, that's something pretty special about we the method. We will be getting that here. Yeah. That is a, a must. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Very, I feel very like cool. we're addicted to the idea of being happy all the time. And I always yeah. say to people, happiness is an emotion. It's a feeling. Like like all the other emotions, it's going to come and go. Mm. Like you need to be able to sit yeah in that space and be all right with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and what are we if you're searching for happiness everywhere in other people, in yourself, what else are you denying that will then slowly turn into another mm. manifestation in your body or, you know, that nervous tick. It always reminds me of the Seinfeld episode, um, Serenity Now. Have we, do we remember I that? Remember. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Quick snippet. It's George Costanza's father, I believe, and they've created a... A computer company I think I think I'm off the details but you know the idea is there and he's slowly just forcing himself to be super happy about everything and you by <laughs> using the the phrase serenity now and he's slowly going crazier crazier and by the end of the episode serenity now he's <laughs> just like oh be happy so he pushes himself to insanity by ignoring the honesty of what the reality that you're in you know yeah. you said it yourself you your your dear sister passed away if you forced yourself happiness and denied grief mm. what happens what happens exactly. to your own relationship with yourself and, and everyone else around you so so how do you work with all of those tools? oh she's not done she's not there yet no uh, is there more I guess there's more. <laughs> there's so much more. Keep going. There's more. Like I, when I first wanted to be in the body space, I remember there was this clear moment in year 12 where one of my um, teachers explained, you know, the insides of how muscle worked. And I was like, I'm in love with this crazy secret world inside the body. So I guess studying at university really made me go, I love this world. And then working and overworking and ruining my own body and doing all that kind of stuff, it really pulled me away from being clearer about the physiology. So I got to connect with people in an amazing way and get those skills really humming that it's not the body that creates movements, it's someone's ability to choose movement. So I kept sort of following into that way. And then this sort of hovering idea in the Pilates studio, you, you see more women than men generally. And there was always this 
this challenge of women coming in with you know newly diagnosed uh, osteoporosis or newly this or newly that and they were at an age where the question was you know what do, what do I do so in the exercise science world at that stage it was you look at what goes wrong and what not to do but there weren't amazing clear research pieces that went this is the best thing to do to stop that in, in its tracks or avoid it or you know when do we need to start on that to not get to that point mm. and so I find myself when I stepped away from my practice and just gave myself the space to go what do I want to do better for the community it was talking to females about what they need to do in particular stages of their life to count themselves in with exercise and look after themselves with exercise as part of health um, and not just this burdensome thing that they're meant to do because it's on the women's health magazine or it's all you know it's or that's that thing I'm still guilty of not doing like how do I choose it because it's part of my wellness and now research tells me that's you know that's the thing to do and perhaps I even enjoy it but also yeah. perhaps that it doesn't revolve around weight yes so it's more yeah. about health and longevity in your body than yeah what's on your hips yeah yeah and there's a flash of one of my um, old clients coming back to me she was a, a magic lady and she came in and one of her things was her goal was she couldn't get up off the floor. If she got down to mm. you know, work with her grandchildren, she really struggled and didn't feel good about herself from not being able to get up off the floor. And she'd had an amazing, challenging story. And maybe that's the advantage of, of you know, going through this stage of life where we do take ourselves a bit more seriously about what's important and move away from the, the body shaming idea. Or the fads too, you're fads, less fatty. Yeah. You know, you're less likely to follow the latest diet or the latest thing. Yeah. You're more likely to say, as you said, Jane, yeah. longevity. How yeah, do I yeah. get there? How do I feel as well as possible for as long as possible? I yeah. can get up off the floor, but not without making a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. It's actually a really good strategy. Let's you work on facilitating that. Facilitating your diaphragm hey. to create intra-abdominal pressure. But we just want maybe a better version of that. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to other people's opinion of you, Jane. We don't think you're too loud. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, she's getting up. There's been a few comments lately yeah. out there that I, I'm too loud and too much. Never. Anyway, that's another podcast, Never. isn't it? <laughs> okay. Not yeah. loud enough. Yeah. You ask the next question. Oh, the next question is, <laughs> I was wondering concurrently with all of this career stuff, there's obviously a lot of personal stuff going on and I think as women we don't recognise until we're quite a bit older how much those things are intertwined and how your personal life is not independent of your career life. Mm. That actually often your personal life is driving you to where you need to be career-wise if only mm. you will listen. I've realised more and more lately the long story of it is that the message that I grew up with in the country world is that when you work, there's love in that. So work, do the good thing, and there's love in that. So there's this services, you know, giving services as part of that kind of giving back, slowly figuring out that I'd tied work and love and avoiding other things that I didn't have a solutions for in the rest of my life. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Just 
do more work just be better at your work because you do really good at that and you're getting better at it and you're giving yourself a big slap for the bullshit and you're not doing that anymore and you're getting you're becoming a better clinician and that was an easy place to reward myself and then some tricky transactions with you know owning a business and some things that didn't go as planned and some very highly stressful scenarios where you know my health took a massive toll and it pulled me away from my I know it didn't it didn't pull me away from my family I chose to pursue saving that and that pulled me away from mm. my family and then when it came time this massive um, moment choice point of okay I either put that to rest and then go this way or just keep digging that trench and putting on the face <laughs> and you know wasting away in the background yeah there's no you in that equation there's just there's only one version yeah. of me there's a mm. there's almost a facade of you yeah that's doing the work for the the hollow rewards that we're all only too aware of you know money success credibility acclaim whilst the things that actually nourish a human are just dying from neglect yeah and arguably i wasn't getting <laughs> money and success <laughs> I was just turning up for my clients and that was the little success moment you know digging out of this challenging world where the business was just surviving but I was turning up to be there for clients and you know they were they they saw the holes they watered my plants for me when they saw them drooping and I was too busy doing the thing over there I, I loved the space that I had with and the relationships that I created with those people and um but yeah it was time to go come on mate there's other massive domains in your life and you say you care about health but you've created a scenario where your health is coming second and that's not okay mm -hmm. and what about your family where were they on that list uh you know they were there but they weren't there in a connection space they were there in a filling the whole space yeah. so the moments i got with my son were those moments but my head was still pulled over here all so that kind of common, stuff. so common for women in particular because we're taught to multitask and we're also taught that we will be happy once everybody else is happy. Yeah. And so you think the path to happiness is just meeting everybody else's needs and it's only when you get to be a bit older or you have a health crisis or whatever yeah. that you realise the presence and the connection is actually the meaning of your life. Yeah, and it is, you know, uh, yeah, just that idea that, if I can't fix that, I'll just avoid it. Yeah. And just watch it burn away in the background <laughs> past the person that I'm meant to be sharing life with in the night and, you know, convince myself that it was that it was completely fine. So it was that real transaction and then going, hang on a second, you say that connection is your value, but the only place you're doing it is with your clients. You're not you're bullshitting yourself and you've got not the quality of connections that you really want with your family and your friends and just general people in the community. You don't have energy left to smile at the cash register lady because she just did her job really well for you. You just you don't have it left in you. I so think yeah, that happens to so many. Women, so many, though, you know. And I like I've got my business that I'm setting up and trying to get going. And what you said before, I'm really aware that with my son, that often he'll be talking to me and I'm I'm looking at him but I'm totally thinking about something else or the bra I have to get to someone or the exchange and I'm just not 
I'm not 100% there. I'm probably not even 80% there. And I just realized the other day that I'm doing that in my love relationship as well. And for my business to succeed, I need all that other stuff mm -hmm. as well to be flowing through that. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up a fucking mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you offering to people now with all of those tools that you have? What what are you giving to people at the moment, business-wise? At the moment, I'm doing education to women around um, exercising with their uh, menstrual cycle. So this is relatively new um, information because women don't really turn up in science truly. They get controlled and then put through with men and exercise information just gets given to us and it doesn't actually suit our bodies helping women unlearn and follow you know the the rhythm of their body and how to be better to themselves with exercise and matching it with their hormone fluxes and then the same idea with women in perimenopause and menopause what that looks like but I think the key thing for me is that What's the behaviour change? Because the one thing I've known, but maybe not known always how to work with, but more now in this second half of my career, is that the body will do anything I tell it to do. When I'm standing in front of that person, we can solve physical things together in the moment. But whether that person has the value-driven behaviour that will get them to do it by themselves, and fall off the wagon and be willing to get back on the wagon that's that's the space where I want to do better for women so I'll educate you on the physiology but I also want to give you tools where you can take yourself seriously by the actions and thought processes that you take would you say you're dwelling more in the mental side of how women deal with themselves and the changes in their lives and yeah it's kind of teetering on that space yeah like we can't bring guilt into the equation. We need to bring reflection into the equation. If we put the word guilt aside and turn it into a word that's more observational of why your exercise week didn't work this week, what do we get to change next week? If you truly value health as a goal, there can't be bad. Guilt can't be part of it. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a good word that you can uh, action around. Guilt is one of my three, no, there's four bad words in the English language that there needs to be alternatives for that should be banned. Guilt, shame, should, oh, what's the last one? Moist. <laughs> Please get it out. That's my word. Oh, and the other thing is panties. <laughs> moist. Yeah. Oh moist panties no. let's get rid of those two words you together it's a disaster yeah, it is <laughs> yeah like we discharge is good at certain times oh, no, 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 no. we have to get more comfortable with discharge though don't we in so many ways Can't yeah we? well i lot. think there needs to be another word for it mm. flow oh terrible <laughs> cell death do we want to keep it black and white cell death let's <laughs> call it that that sounds kind of Heavy metal, cell death. <laughs> cell death. Got I, a bit of cell death going I really on. love what you were talking about before with the exercise around women's cycles. And I'm seeing a lot of literature and talk in social media and so forth about running women's lives in general, not just with exercise, around our cycles more. And once again, getting on my feminist high horse. We live in this very male world. 
where it's been okay for women to get back into the or to get into the workforce generationally we're getting there but when you get there it's a very male environment and there's not a lot of allowance for women in the way women work and this literature that's coming out now is about how should you run your business life how should you run your work life how should you run all of your life around your cycle and it resonates so deeply with me what you said about the exercise all of the literature is unisex which means men yeah and do you see this being an area particularly since you're talking about perimenopause and menopause and um we didn't get there yet but i'm sure you were going there puberty and perimenopause together in the same household conversations that weren't even had half a generation ago are now light bulb moments for women which is why i love what you do why i love what jane pincott the naturopath does finally some understanding around what hormones do to our lives yeah yeah is it that secret world is it okay to keep it secret but you know i guess in a way we don't need to take over the maleness but i think that power maybe that we have to just understand what our boundaries are within a certain moment in time what meeting will i say yep i'll do that meeting i'd like to schedule it when you know that your menstrual cycle is going to be the best opportunity for you or if I can't do that, how much rest do I need or re-reflection do I need after that meeting, knowing that that person is a big trigger for me or it's not the best time for me to have the best thought processes. The Victorian um, Women's Trust have created a, a template for um, having menstrual cycle um, challenges. So women that do have a lot of emotional physical symptoms around menstrual cycles that are you know maybe they haven't figured out how to manage well because we know that the those are extreme symptoms they're not healthy symptoms and women but if it's not something that can be controlled at the time the workplace needs to be able to honor that and say okay i'm having trouble with a lot of pain today i can't get it under control it's my menstrual cycle I'm going to work from home today, I'm going to be more efficient. And that that is built into the structure of HR processes within a business and that there's a, men- there's a menopause process as well within that template. So it's a, it's a beautiful document that you can grab off their website and adjust and do what's right for your business within that template. But how many businesses have that on board? That's made me quite emotional. Could just imagine. Mm yeah yeah it is it's powerful and it is it's a leverage it's been seen right acknowledged and that's did Oprah say that's that's all we really need some Mm. acknowledgement i had the heaviest periods ever like here we go. Tell everyone. Here we go. Is I used to have moist here. No, no. <laughs> slippery. But two tampons and a pad. Yeah. Wow. I ended up having to have an ablation because I was having iron infusions in hospital. Like it was intense. Yeah. And I would front up to work and be terrified that I was going to bleed all over the chair. Often I would bleed all over my clothes. I would always wear dark clothes when I was having my period. Like, it was so stressful and so exhausting. Mm. Just imagine being able to have the ability to go, actually, I need to work from home today. I'll be back in two days. My thought processes and my efficiency, productivity are going to be 
700% better if yeah. I can take that call in the safety of my own home or write that document in the safety of my own home. And COVID, I think, has made that document even more applicable now because finally in the workplace people are realizing people can be actually more efficient working from home more productive work better mentally in a much better space and yeah i can feel that hopefully it will yeah happen yeah there's often common stories running through the people that come through the store and i can see it everybody's going through the same thing at the same time happens all the time and I listened to this podcast about Japanese women did I tell you this already and it's about how the Japanese birth rate is going backwards because Japanese women for very many cultural reasons and you should just listen to the podcast it's on the daily which is the New York Times daily podcast and it's about how working mothers are so overworked in Japan that it's become so unappealing to young women that they'd rather have a wedding with no husband where they at least get the celebration and then can move on without the rest of it. Yeah, because they want the dresses in the moment. That, Or they'd rather just be a, wor- a worker or they'd rather just be a married person with no children because a working mother's life is just so unappealing. And the anecdote in the story told by the American journalist living in Japan is that she went with a working mum through her day to see what it was like. And at about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, they're sitting at the train station, whatever time it was, and the Japanese working mum says to the journalist, let's just let this train go by. And the journalist said, okay, okay. And they let the train go by and chat and sit in silence. And then another one comes and she said, let's let this one go by as well. And at about the third train, the journalist said, what's actually going on here? And the Japanese woman said, this is the only time I have to myself. (laughs) It's not. And when she said that, and I was sitting in the car at the time, I had this pang. And I've been testing it out on women that I see here at Plover who come in on their own and stretch out a coffee and a muffin to an hour or two, which I love to see. And I've tested it out on women who you can see are taking time for themselves. And I've heard the most interesting story. It's the woman with with five children who just left her husband because he was the sixth. And she said, and now I have time to do this. Or all of us, so many women who drive home and sit in the car for 10 minutes outside their homes. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you did that the other day. I did that the other day yeah. on the gram because I do that. And someone told me, oh, apparently it's a sign, um, it's a masculine trait. No. No. And it was interesting because I got all these messages from other women going, uh-uh-uh, it's my time to clear my head before I step into the house and deal with everything in there that I need to deal with. Yeah. And sometimes it's the, the 10 minutes in the day that they get to themselves. That's it. That's it. That's all we have. And I think it's both a tragedy, but also kind of an aha moment, for want of a better word, that this is the pace of women's lives now. Mm. This is the pace we're leading. That I can listen to that Japanese woman's story and think, oh, how awful for her, and then realise, oh, my gosh, we actually have a lot in common. One of the best bits of advice that I've read lately is when you actually look at your diary, where are the white bits? And if there's not white bits in your day, then something needs to be rejigged. And if that white bit isn't honoured by stopping, or even just the subtlety of grabbing a glass of water in your working day and going, I feel my feet on the floor, I hear the water, you know, taking your brain away, so that you do have those moments where you allow thought processes to stop, 
you are constantly just driving and we know for women that's you know this is the minor stress that ends up in this space of just you know cortisol that's too high in mm. menopause and because there's no there's no stop it's okay to say no to your children at those that's a really important boundary i don't think that's my problem <laughs> yeah, I'm good at that. that. Did you just snort? I did. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't been snorting as much lately, but I've been going to snort in the, in the day. Looking at Jane's face while we both try not to go, mm-hmm, over you speaking is enough to make me <laughs> snort. She told me a so. while ago that I, I, yeah, I sit here going, uh-huh, huh because oh, oh. <laughs> I'm so interested in what you're saying and it's really hard not to do that. Mm. I think when women go through menopause and their kids are older and finally they lift their head up and look around at their life and they're looking for the white bits in their diary that they go about their husbands, yeah, <laughs> I actually I actually don't need you in my diary. Yeah. I can see some opportunity for white yeah. space here and you're filling it. Yeah, exactly. Give yourself a plug, yep. tell people what you're about, and then wrap it up with a little bit of and I'm gonna do something at Plover Wellbeing in the future <laughs> seminar wise. <laughs> so we've got um the online um, six-week course looking at so there's one course that looks at how do I adjust my training to with menstrual cycle um, and then at the perimenopause and menopause um, and very much around the behavior change idea and that we don't we don't have to all look like athletes you know we it, this can look and be very different for everyone so is it interactive where people look at you or have seminars with you in that six weeks or is it take it at your own pace what is it so we either take it at your own pace later i've got to record that um this one's live so there'll be a set time that you log in if you can't make it it's recorded and available after but the intention is that we digest these ideas relatively quickly but then also that it, it sort of wraps up. And then eventually we'd like to be live at Plover and speak to women. Woo-hoo! Maybe yeah. with a, you know, a shorter workshop just to give those tidbits to women yeah. about about what we're talking about. And then eventually, uh, you know, where does this lead into the puberty and perimenopause space? Just still jigging that workhorse a bit because it's, yeah, it's... It's a big idea and massive stuff around it. And it's never been identified or talked about before how we're all, you know, it's like a war zone in there. Yeah. The perimenopausal mum, the pubescent daughter. Yeah. Massive identity shifts going on in in one house. Yeah. Yeah. In one house. Jane, have we, has Anna proven to you why you had an unidentified sort of obsession with her? Absolutely. Isn't it interesting how we've all kind of connected? Cool, and right? I, I messaged Kel the other day. I said, I think we need to talk to this woman. She's like, I'm doing it already. And I was a bit like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> right, fine. Get on the train, Jane. <laughs> but I just love, of course, I'm drawn to all the menopause stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm way postmenopausal now, but my menopause journey was nine years. Yeah. You know? And at the start of it, when I was in perimenopause, because a lot of my friends are younger than me, I was like, I think I'm starting menopause. And they were like, no, that's something you do when you're 50. Like, there was not any information yeah. out there. And when I went looking for information, 
there was no joy at the end of it. Yeah. It was all, it was all your vagina's going to dry up, you lose your libido, but good luck. Get no. ready to Can you say slowly. the opposite has been true for you? I feel a lightness in your life. It's been amazing. Mm. It's been really hard, but really amazing. And, and women don't know that. Mm. And, and I just feel I'm so grateful for what you're doing because, yeah, it's not the end of life for me. It's been absolutely a uh, revitalization. Yeah. And I had never expected. I think people get that when, you, when you're when laughing your lives all the time. It's just like... <laughs> it has been, you yeah. know. And, it's magic. And there's so much joy there, but we're not taught that. There's so much focus about the shit show symptoms of perimenopause, but there's so much that still needs attention that needs to keep carrying on in menopause to stay healthy and vital. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that it's the pause. It's not the pause. It's the, it's the carry on, but we're doing it differently. Yeah. 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 I reckon at here you need to run. We need we 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 the royal we need to run workshops on rest. I agree. It's I think it's a it's a mental game. Rest is yeah. a mental game. But but uh, because I'm postmenopausal, I have issues with sleep mm-hmm. now, which I've never had before, and it's um yeah i think that would be a really great idea right people don't honor that what you gain in exercise you don't gain it in the moment of exercise you gain it in how you recover so if you go to the gym and then fuck up your recovery you actually make yourself unfit wow yeah and if you dishonor recovery by exercising too much you become really unwell so exercise isn't made in the moment that you exercise it's made in the recovery which is very much about sleep and figuring out Mm. what do i need to get that sleep transaction happening is it a hormone shift is it a neurotransmitter shift Mm. what have what have i got to do am i drowning in a pool of my own perimenopausal sweat you know what you know what's got to happen and it is that thing that it's a bit of trial and error and that patience with the process to just try that didn't work what am i going to try next you're amazing we could talk to you all for day hours I, f- I feel that way as well but i'm getting starting to get hungry now that yes we're talking about <laughs> it's time to stop it's time to stop maybe we just recircle back and have you back again later yeah, i think yeah. i've said that to every person we've yeah. spoken yeah, to let's do it do we just like talking i do <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i don't solve shit but no. <laughs> just talk but also there's so many interesting oh. women in our orbit. Yes. That we could so talk many. to endlessly. So yeah. many. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for connecting the women as well. Oh, uh, that's genuinely my pleasure and your pleasure. But that's your sort of motto as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what we do. We do. Amongst other things.